Today's passage comes from Romans 12, verses 9 through 13. Read with me. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. You may be seated. The entire summer, I think actually Drew, have we been spending the whole summer in Romans 12? Okay, we have spent an entire summer in one chapter. Either that means I'm a slow learner, or it's an awesome chapter. I'm hoping that it's an awesome chapter, because I already know I'm a slow learner. The second grade was an awesome four years of my life. Actually, the truth is, uh, I went to kindergarten, (laughs) and uh, they said, you know what, pal? (laughs) Try again next year. So I did. And then my sister, who's two years younger than me, skipped the junior year of high school. So we graduated together. Everyone thought we were twins, even though she was two years younger. That was awesome. <laughs> Only in western Maine. Um, that's where I'm from. So if you, if you hear the Maine jokes, it's because where I'm from. But Chris, that was awesome, and she's been paying attention because in Romans chapter 12, Paul gives a list of what I call the grace gifts. And according to Titus, grace is given to all humanity. Grace is given to every one of you that's sitting here. And that means that God has given each of you a gift. Each of you a gift. And we learned what those gifts were. Prophecy was not only just foretelling and forthtelling. Everyone thinks it's cool because of the forthtelling. They want to know the future. But prophecy is actually just speaking the truth. But if it's not done in love, you're a clanging symbol. Uh, I got a really cool nephew in Minnesota, and it was his birthday this week, and he is five, and somebody got him a drum set. Oh, is right. And we were on Skype last night watching him play the drums. He's, he's, he's doing okay, but he's got a ways to go. And if you have the gift of prophecy, and you do not use it with love, you get my analogy, Right? Okay, And the next one uh, was teaching. And Chris demonstrated teaching. It was awesome. Teachers who are given the spiritual gift of teaching love God's Word and want to teach you God's Word. But teaching out of love, teaching with removed love from teaching, oh man, is that boring. Oh man, it gets way too much. You know, have you been around a teacher that never stops teaching? I don't know how you that are married to a teacher that never stopped teaching. Where's Jeff, Nancy? He's not, he's not here. <laughs> My good friend Nancy back there is a teacher, and I'm wondering if Jeff sometimes is like, stop teaching, okay? Um, you know, there's a the gift of encouraging. I love encouragers. And if the gift of encouraging is not done by the power of the Spirit, is done on your own, you will burn out every time. Encouragers will encourage to a point, and then they just go, no. Those are the people that never, ever, like, they ever, ever let go of a grudge. It takes a long, 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 long time for them to snap. But boy, oh boy, when they snap, you don't want to be around. 
You know? And then there was the gift of, uh, help me out here, who's in Romans chapter 12? We had teaching, prophecy, encouraged service. Yeah, service. That's an amazing gift when used by the power of the Holy Spirit. When used under your own power, you will kill yourself. Ever been around a server who has absolutely depleted themselves, killed themselves, worked themselves to the bone? They have no idea how not to serve. My mother is a caretaker, right? She has been in AFib since April, and they've been working in and out of trying to get her out of AFib. You ready for this? This is this is a this is a caregiver to an extreme. This is not good, folks. I love my mom, but this is not good. She worked at the hospital. She's a she's a pre prenatal specialist, so she meets with people when they're having babies. At 11.30, they shocked my mother back into sinus rhythm, okay? So they shocked her. They put you under for that. So I'm, I'm imagining they put you under for a reason. I'm sure being shocked isn't that great. She left, not supposed to, she left her hospital room at 12.45 That after she'd been shocked, went three floors up and saw three patients, then came back down to the room she was in and checked herself out and went home. I'm like, that's a... No! She's like, oh, I was at the hospital anyways. Might get some work done. In a Johnny? Have you been shocked? Like, who does that? An insane caregiver does that. That's, that's too much. And you all have a caregiver in your life or a server that does that. You know? And then there was the giver. Right? Generosity. Giving. If you give on your own power, you can get real jaded because you feel people don't use your gift correctly. But boy, oh boy, when you give under God's power, He multiplies. It's incredible. I was telling uh, um, Drew, Drew gave us a, a, a chat on giving generously. I have never met a poor, generous person. Let me say that again. Every generous person that I have met is rich. And I always say, oh, you're generous because you're rich. And they look at me and laugh. They're like, dude, <laughs> I've not always been rich, pal. <laughs> when I was going to middle school, I would give you all of my tater tots. I've always been generous. You know? That's a pretty big trade if you get all the person's tater tots. <laughs> right? So we went through these gifts. But now we're moving on. Now we're moving on. To verse 9. And I want to read it out of the uh, NIV. You guys read it out of the uh, NLT. This is what the NIV says. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Persevering in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints. And practicing hospitality. In 1880... In 1880, a man looked at a, at, a, at a photo. This was a still photo. My good friend Sean over here just got back shooting for that really fancy thing. What, what, what's it called again? Oh, the National Geographic, yes. The Yellow Square. This guy's a photographer, right? And his photography, you know, he captures a moment, but it stays still. Well, this guy in the late 1800s says, wait a minute, if I take a bunch of these photos one right after another, and then I sit there and I flip them, what happens? It begins to move. And this is something that blew their mind back then in the late 1800s. And in 1888, the first motion picture, 
You can see it online. It's a horse running. And it was the first time that they're like, wait, all four hooves are off the ground at the same time. It really happens because I can just see, you know, cowboys and Indians taking bets. Are they really off all the same time? I don't know. But then they took a motion picture and they saw. But it wasn't until 1927 that the electronic TV was invented. And you want to know what's crazy about the TV? It was invented by a 21-year-old boy who hadn't had electricity in his home until he was 15. Do you understand that concept? Do not tell me that you lack resources to do your dream. This guy invented a TV and didn't have electricity until he was 15. This is an electric TV, right? That's crazy. So in 1927, we got the TV. But what was it with the TV? It was what? Black and white. Well, my children had never seen The Wizard of Oz. And so when The Wizard of Oz started, uh, we were about ready to push play on the, on, on the TV or on the, on, on the, on the uh, DVD player. And I said, all right, kids, the first part of this movie is in black and white. And they're like, what? I said, in black and white. So we push play, and one of my kids goes, it looks more kind of brown. That's literally what they said. But I told them, I got the significance of this. 1939. Judy Garland as Dorothy steps out of her black and white farmhouse into what? Oz. Color. I would have loved to been in that motion picture theater, in that movie theater, that moment when people saw color on the screen for the first time. Was that not incredible? Would that have been incredible? I don't want to have a show of hands of anyone that experienced that because that would be showing your age. But when I watched that the other day, when the producers were incredible, if you get to watch it again, when she steps out of that black and white farmhouse into color, they used every color they could possibly find in that set. If you look at all of the bricks on the, 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 the landing there, all the bricks are different color. All of the fake flowers, they made all these crazy, wicked, weird flake flowers. All the munchkins had every color on, absolutely imaginable. The painting in the backdrop was every color. It was like, because imagine being a producer and being like, all right, we're going to introduce color. And they're like, okay, we can't just have a movie start in color. You know, imagine if they were just running the, like, this person played this, and this person wrote the screenplay, and this person played the oboe, and that was the first time you saw color. That would be totally a waste of an awesome moment. But to start a movie in black and white, I think, isn't Kansas just black and white anyway? I've driven through Kansas one time. I think it was just black and white. <laughs> it was flat forever. But to come out of that Kansas farmhouse and to say, I'm not in Kansas anymore, into color. Can you just imagine that? Folks, that's what you read today. 
Folks, this list of attributes, this list of actions is a Christian life lived in color. If our Christian lives are limited to good morality, working at the food pantry once in a while, not swearing, listening to Christian music on the way to work, attending church, Those are all black and white actions. Jesus didn't come and give his life and die on a cross and rise again on the third day for us to live black and white. He left something very important that gives us color. He called it the Holy Spirit. See, you and I are powerless to live in color. We, our natural attributes are not colorful. Just ask your spouse. They'll tell you. But when you and I surrender and say, Lord, I give you complete control. I give you my life. I will put my faith and hope and trust in you. I will make room for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into our life and it's like stepping out of that farmhouse in Kansas and into Oz. Color. Right? I can just skip down the yellow brick road right now. Right? It was really funny watching that movie because like when they came to the creepy woods and my kids were like, is this going to be scary? Is this going to be a scary movie? And I was like... Yeah, I think the last time I watched it, yeah, it was kind of creepy. You know, the flying monkeys are kind of creepy. But then they got into the, the woods, and you hear this noise, and like the camera pans up, and it's a plastic owl from like Hobby Lobby with like the green or the, the, the orange light up eyes. My middle child goes, because our kids now are used to like a legit owl that like talks and flies down and does something creepy. In Wizard of Oz, it was just plastic and its head went, it was just weird. And then like the, fly, the flying monkeys, they, it's amazing what they did in 1939, don't get me wrong, but then you're like, uh, that's just a high school student in a blue painted face, right? And, uh, I don't know where I was going all of that, but we, we, we watched it again. So, if when we live our lives on our own power, it's black and white, and when we surrender and give our life over to the Spirit, it's in color, how does that work? How do you do that? I don't want to be a minister up here that just says to you, hey, live in color, not black and white. Let's close in prayer. You know, that wouldn't be very much fun. That would be like, come on, dude. Right? So here's what the scripture has to say about living in the spirit. It says this, James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25. It says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word as well. Don't just listen to God's word. Do what it says. Otherwise, you're fooling yourself. 
That's still a hard verse for me to hear. Because I feel like it puts it all on me. Like, i got to muster up the energy. i got to muster up the willpower. i got to muster up the skills to live in color. But then this is what it says in Galatians 5. It says, it's not on me and you. It says this, But the Holy Spirit proceeds, and when it lives inside of us, it produces this kind of living. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such there will never be a law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's lead in every part of our lives. Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. The spiritual life is color, folks. I believe God's Word, God's Word is like the boundary lines. God's Word is like the black marks in a coloring book. But what is life, what would life be like if you just had the black and white marks in a coloring book? It would be kind of boring, right? It would be kind of blah, right? Religion without the Spirit is just black and white. It's just a bunch of rules. It's just a bunch of guidelines. But Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit as a guide. And according to Jesus' word, if we allow ourselves to be born of the Spirit and live by the Spirit, the Spirit fills the pages with color. Guys, it's a mixture of God's word and His Spirit. And those two things together create color. Those two things create color. And when you surrender, here's the thing. This is what's beautiful about putting faith and hope and trust in Jesus. Anywhere else for you to live in color, let's just say it's in your parenting, or in your job, or at school, or in your, uh, your sport that you play, it requires harder or more effort by you. Right? I was listening to an NFL football coach the other day. And he was screaming at a very athletic person. Way more athletic than me. Way more athletic than I'll ever be. It's a pro football player. And this coach got in this kid's face and he goes, Hustle is not a skill! Get out there! Is what he said to the kid. He said, hustle takes no athletic ability. Get out there. Get on the sideline. Get off my field. And the kid's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he, yes, sir, and runs off, you know. When you surrender to the Spirit, it's not about trying harder. It's not about mustering up the will. It's about letting go and saying, God, I put full hope and trust and faith in you. Would you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, guide me? Show me where I have areas in my life that aren't surrendered? If you really pray that prayer, and you mean it, buckle up. It's going to be a colorful ride. And one of the indicators that will let you know that you're on the right path is what this says 
It starts out like this. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. It says this, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. If you want an indication that you are being born by the Spirit, that the Spirit is growing within you, and you are living the colorful life, you will abhor what is evil. Do you know what that word means? It means to reject. You've all seen it. How many as a kid absolutely rejected something that your parents put on your plate to eat? How many was it broccoli? Anybody broccoli haters out there when you were a kid? No? What is your least favorite thing that your parents put on your plate? What? You are not American, my friend. He said the least favorite thing is French fries. But hey, that's good. Keep that up, dude. That will help you in a later. You will not have high cholesterol. What about you? Ah, peas and broccoli. Yeah, what about you, dude? Mashed potatoes and broccoli? Garlic and butter, you friend, pal. Abishay, what about you? Mushrooms. What about you, bro? Asparagus. Grill it with lime and it will change your life. Um, anybody else? Anybody else? What was on your plate that you just absolutely loathed? Lima beans. Yeah, I don't like lima beans. What do you got one, dude? Italian sausage. I will come to your house. We will trade places. I'm okay with that. If I am ever at your house, you just slide your Italian sausage down, and I'll take one for the team, pal. Or two, or three for the team. Yeah, bro? Pizza? I will also help you out, man. I will help you out. Anybody else got one? Ian's got one. What? You're making stuff up. I love chicken wings. Right? But when you put something in front of a kid that they absolutely hate, that's a bore. That's rejecting. If you ever want... Yeah, sorry, what about you? Mushrooms, yeah. Just grill them, dude. Just grill them. When, when in doubt, kids, when you grow up, grill any vegetable and it completely changes it. Am I right, adults? Dude, I, it's totally... Asparagus, bro, you will learn to love asparagus when it's grilled, I promise. Broccoli, grill it. Mm. Try not to grill mashed potatoes. That might not end up very well. Um, here's the thing. You also want to know what it's like to abhor? YouTube something for me when you get home. Dad's changing diapers. That's abhor. I love watching dad changing diapers montage. It's like the, the whole gag reflex is just absolutely Awesome. What makes you gag? Right? What makes you gag? I've had some pretty awful experiences living on a dairy farm with things that have made me gag. Where you're trying to take care of something, usually a dead cow, and you are like, huh, huh. And, you know, and your eyes start watering. You know what I'm talking about, right? That's a bore. That's the natural tendency to reject. Your body is rejecting something. It might be asparagus. It might be broccoli. It might be baby diapers. Oh, right? One of the things I hate is why do raccoons like baby diapers? Why is it when they open up your trash in your garage, they go for the baby diapers? It's like, dude, you left the bag of Doritos for a baby diaper? What's wrong with you? Right? Doesn't that tell you something? Yeah, the Doritos aren't that good. Oh, what a teacher. Oh, man. 
Have you been talking to my wife? I love Doritos. She's like, oh, MSG is in them. I'm like, amen. Um, but that means to abhor. So I hope that when you go home, you, anytime that you go, uh, uh, that's abhor. And when the Spirit comes to live inside of you, that's what you'll begin to do to evil. When you see injustice, when you see people treated unfairly, when you see people taken advantage of, when you even see, when you really know what's happening, when you really know the Spirit's living in you, is when you hate the evil inside of you. When you can't even stomach that, you're like, oh, Lord. It drives you to your knees. It brings you to the cross. It brings you to God's Word. It brings you to prayer. This is a colorful life. If you are just a good old Christian American, I want to encourage you that you're living in a black and white farm in Kansas. And I want you to, with me, ask the Lord, give us, God, your spirit. Open us to where we need to let go and surrender. Fill our lives with color. Color looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. That is the colorful scale of the Spirit. Lord, we thank you so much for this time up here in the mountain. We thank you that we can open our eyes and we can see in color blue and green and white. God, we praise you that just in a couple of uh, weeks we're going to start seeing yellow and orange and, 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 and maroon. And then a couple weeks later, God, we're going to see white. And I pray we see a lot of it. Like over my head, white. We love you so much, Jesus. We thank you for this time to look into truth, into your word. God, we need you. We are stuck in a farm in Kansas, and we think that it's awesome. We're all about it. We're like, we got life by the tail. But yet a, a life of color is waiting for us. Yes, it takes sacrifice, God. Yes, it's maybe not as comfortable as the black and white life. But boy, oh boy, God, to be part of your kingdom, to be with your kingdom and growing your kingdom with you and working for you, almighty king, is just absolutely incredible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.